This podcast is brought to you with support from The Big Idea, New Zealand's online hub for creative people. The Big Idea aims to support talented, innovative individuals and organisations and advocates for creativity as an essential ingredient in the cultural and economic wealth of New Zealand. Their website is thebigidea.nz. This episode is also brought to you by We Are Braves, a photography company that creates artistic, beautiful images that will boost your self-esteem and celebrate the real you. We Are Braves offers portrait, boudoir and body art packages and the team will work closely with you to bring your vision to life. A great idea for a gift for your loved ones or simply a gift for yourself. Visit wearebraves.co.nz to find out more. And while you're listening to this episode, check out Chris Campbell Custom Shop. Chris Campbell's extensive experience in the music world allows him to produce guitars, effects and amplifiers that are simply right from the first moment you play them. The website is chriscampbellcustomshop.com. And last but not least, Rockbox Electronics produce some of the finest guitar pedals we've come across. My favourite is the Baby Blues. Rockbox Electronics are committed to creating the greatest sounds in rock using the best of vintage and modern technologies. Check them out at rockbox.com. back into me I needed to get out of the hustle break from endless bustle the better things in life are free then you get cherry laced with cocaine sweet and sour you make me lose my inhibitions girl sooner or later I'll be leaving back up to the city Welcome to Don't Give Up Your Day Job, the podcast, the only podcast you need, and that was uh, a little piece of my latest single and a shameless plug, the latest song, Hustle Bustle. There you go. Hustle Bustle. Hustle Bustle. Did I say Hustle Bustle? I meant Hustle Bustle. Sounded like you said Hustle Bustle. Hustle Bustle? Probably. I don't know what I'm saying. But it's Hustle Bustle, eh? Hustle Bustle. Two U's. (laughs) When I was trying to do the spelling of it, the word hustle, I've never... I don't know if I've ever written it down before. When I looked at it, I was like, man, that, that looks weird. It's like hustly. Yeah, yeah, hustly bustly. <laughs> you can say that if you want. Okay. It's, Danny's it's, new song, hustly bustly. It's yours to interpret. Available now. Where is it available, actually? Right now, it's only available on YouTube. Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Yeah, it's going to be available on the streaming platform soon, but Wait, I'm just uh, holding hang on. off for It's a available bit. on YouTube. You mean it's free? Yeah. <laughs> right. There you okay, go. Cool. <laughs> you don't want to make any money out of it then? No, not currently. Not currently. No, fair enough. No, no. Fair enough. No. Why would you? Well, I'll you know I'll move on to putting a lot of effort into pushing it out there so that I can collect a good thirty cents off Spotify. You know, see how that goes. <laughs> Cynical much? I'll put I'll put thirty grand into marketing so I can make thirty cents in Spotify. That's how it works, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but you're gonna charge all of that back to the artist. What do you mean? Oh, hang We're on, charge myself. <laughs> oh yeah, right. So, in how long? How many tracks has the album got on it? got 12 songs on it right but but only hustly bustly is available on <laughs> yeah. free at the moment that's right yes okay. only available on free yes or you can right. you can spend a dollar and and uh on Bandcamp and have it for yourself and a fuck that i'm not spending a, a dollar on a that. high resolution no. <laughs> <laughs> oh so oh that's right because on Bandcamp it's full wave file isn't it yep that's right you get the full whack uh, and when's yeah. the uh the full album available uh, I'm looking at that at the moment. The plans currently are August, right. but it's not finalised yet. 
So um, no, no dates were announced, but there's another single coming out soon as well in a few weeks. So that um, that video for the song is awesome, especially the opening credits. You know, the, it's amazing. <laughs> that that uh, special effect. Yeah, I had someone yeah. I had someone help me with that. Um, oh, that no, was awesome. Yeah, no, uh, no, thanks for that. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's picking up on the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Self congratulatory vibe. This yeah, one, that's how we like to start these things. You did that quite quickly as well. So uh, obviously you knew the program really well. I mean, I, I knew you'd, I know you. You do right because you've got a background in in film. Like film, sort of a hobby for you, right? So you're you're, you're very you know into movies and you know the software and the, the whole thing. Yeah, that's mm. right. I, I just like looking at things and, and deconstructing it and see how they did things. You know. Yeah. Um, how, how things are done. Do you find yourself watching movies that way and sort of seeing something play out and thinking on a technical level? No. No. No, I don't. I, I thought that, that 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 would happen. That was the fear when I, I actually made a conscious decision to go. Do I want to look behind the curtain and figure out how these things are done? Is it going to ruin the effect for me? Yeah. And um, I think, I don't know, I'm able to separate the two things, you know? I, yeah. might, I might look at something and go, I really like how they did that, and then try and figure out as best I can right. um, how, how it was done later on, yeah. Well, some people often bring up the point that because we're musicians and we know how music's made, that some in some ways that would ruin the experience of just listening to music for us. I don't know how you feel, but for me it heightens the experience. It makes me right. it makes me not enjoy some music probably like some people might because I sort of see through mm. it. But then mm. the music that I really get into, I'm I'm more excited about it because I I sort of know what they had to go through to make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and there is certain um, music that I just love listening to or having on because I I can't immediately figure out what's going on. I right. like a lot of yeah. world music. You know um, that yep. Peter Gabriel um, Real World oh, label. He's a man. Eh? Um, this so much music on there that I love listening to and I have many of the old you know back in the day when you had CDs yep. um, I used to spend all of my, my wages each week buying uh, real world albums and just because you know it's exciting it's something I can't f- I can't hear it and go. I know what's coming next. You know, it's mm. it's surprising and in good ways. Absolutely, so, yeah. I think I think a modern sort of version of that is the Ground Up label, which is the extension of Snarky Puppy and all the bands that are attached to them, or well, not attached mm. to them, but in that sort of family of, of um, I guess the new fusion that's out there at the moment. And mm. I and I often find myself listening to that stuff, going, I I don't know what's going on. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. So. I thought that I discovered a new uh, a new fusion a new neo fusion band the other day. And I was telling all my friends about it. I was going, man, this is awesome band called Dirty Loops. I saw a thing on Facebook, and they're like, oh no, they've been around for years. Yeah, they're they're really popular, <laughs> and they are amazing. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> Holy shit! Like you know, pop fusion, uh, literally a fusion of pop fusion. Yeah. The other thing though, the, sort of at the opposite end, is the music that I don't understand is also the music that is not necessarily technical, but it's delivered and performed so well. You know, like, and yeah. and that's the kick I get out of listening to really old music. You know, if you're listening to something from the 50s or the 60s or something when, when they didn't really have much in the way of technology and you, mm. you realise you really you really are listening to people in the room, you know, um, especially, yeah. if, especially if you go far back enough and they didn't really even have the opportunity to mix. So it was sort of being mixed as they recorded it. <laughs> yeah, you that's know? right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing, you know. And if anyone made a mistake, they had to go back and do it all again. Yeah. One mic on the drums and... Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of those amazing soul singers. I've, I've always loved soul music and the whole the whole Motown thing and the, you know, early version of that. Um, those singers, they're just... Their voices are like valve amps, you know. They're just they're t- the tubes warm up, and they just they've got this tone about them. Mm. And I was listening to something yesterday. We were talking about how uh, what was it? It was a particular singer who warmed up for three hours before they did a take, <laughs> or something like that. God. 
And I was, and I just thought, yeah, because that's, I mean, that's pretty excessive, but that's probably what you yeah. had to do before you had the opportunity to auto-tune. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? right. Like you just had to get yeah. it right and to get that magic vibe, you know, you had to put the work into it. Mm. Mm. I was um, driving today and I was listening to national radio. They had a Cole Porter tribute on. You're right, And yeah. there was a particular song. I can't remember the name of it. But a real old, old scratchy kind of... Um, you know, thing you got all the vinyl noise. Probably not even vinyl. It's probably one of those old wax tube things, yeah, or something. <laughs> and um, just listen to it. And, and it obviously immediately it's nostalgic and it kind of sets up a certain vibe. And then I realised, shit, there's a lot of those um, new television shows coming through, like cop or thriller shows or drama or whatever. Mm. And they may end the credits on an old old timey song like that for some reason that resonates with what happened in the show or yes. there's a theme there. Yep. And I was thinking, man, that that's becoming a little bit of a cliche. But then I suddenly realised, well, it's probably because those songs are out of copyright or they're really cheap to get the rights to, and that's why they're showing up all over the place. And it's set right. up this this whole industry now of, oh, it's cool to have nostalgic kind of crackly old songs in your um, yeah. Because how long is the copyright thing again? Is it- I think it's seventy years after the death of the composer, and that may be. I th- I believe I heard somewhere that uh, the the performing rights associations or organisations in the states are trying to expand that out to 150 years. Yeah. Because soon there will be a lot of um, albums coming out, you know, like albums we know of um, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones that will, some sort of copyright comes up shortly and they're trying to get those extended because they um, don't want them to go into the public domain. Well, it's 50 years, it's 50 years this year since the Beatles last recorded. You know, it's 50. What? Yeah, it was was, was 1969 that they last recorded. And uh, and it was 1970 that Hendrix died, so it's 50 years next year since he died. So it's it's all coming around pretty quick. Yeah, you know? right. There's an, a really interesting documentary on Netflix, which I now I'm never going to remember the name of, but it's about the song that we probably most associate with the Lion King. Did you watch that In documentary? The jungle, yeah, that one. <laughs> wow. Wow, it's like we set that up. How, how did you <laughs> have that? Think. How did you have that ready to go in your head? I don't. I'm. I was trying to remember the name of it, let alone fucking play it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just had the guitar sitting here. So, um, yeah, I think someone mentioned that that, that would be a good um, doco to watch. I haven't. I haven't found it on Netflix. Maybe it's called The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Who knows? It might actually be. I think it actually might right. be. Yeah, it's something like that. But the uh, the guy who wrote it was uh, some African guy who never got credited, and it and it got covered over and over and over and over again the lion king version is just one of many and it's 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 earned millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, you know it's been recorded i think as far back as the 50s or 60s um and to hunt it out it's a really interesting documentary but uh, you know these these people basically just pinch the song and just was like <laughs> tough shit you know and yeah, uh Legal battles ensued, and and people have been fighting left, right, and centre. At one point, Disney was sued for the Lion King. Oh now, now, now they're now the songs being used in the stage play, raising you know huge amounts of money as well. Right, and so the original, uh, the, like the estate of the original, um, is the rights still alive? Oh well, th- there's a whole story that goes to it. Oh. You know, they were they were sort of bullied into signing a thing they shouldn't have signed, and things like that. Um, uh, the the artist, of course, is long past, but the um, now his family state. are fighting it, mm. um, and some lawyers that are trying to help them. And so, you know, it's, it's just a it's just one of those documentaries that y- you watch it thinking this is awful, and you also think this is 
surely one of many stories that are the same you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just some some poor guy wrote a song and just got fucked over you know <laughs> but uh, but on the on the positive side of that i've yeah. heard in this last couple of weeks that uh richard ashcroft and the verve have been given the rights to the um uh what, symphony what is that song oh um uh, the, uh yeah what is it called <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 so fast with the Lion King, but you can't remember the verb. <laughs> Bittersweet Symphony, that's what it's called. Bittersweet Symphony, that's yeah, right. So they've yeah. been the Rolling Stones just t- turned over all the rights to the to that song to him. Right. Now, yeah. So I'm so glad I don't work in that field of of you know I'm 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 so glad I'm not a lawyer or something work or a judge um, working in that field dealing with those cases because it must be so confusing. I mean, we yeah. we know as musicians that music is so formulaic, and and you know not just not just the twelve bar blues, but pop and jazz and everything is templates. We all use templates. Yeah. So how do you decide what, where the templates begin and end, and where their original concept begins and ends? Yeah, I'm glad that's not up to me because I'd be stumped. It's it's a complicated world, and mm. that's why that's probably I mean that's at least what we're told as to why the APRA um you know takes it's so hard to figure out how much money they owe you as a songwriter, but apparently <laughs> even that's changing shortly. Is it? Uh, Why they're not going to pass anymore? <laughs> no, there's some <laughs> some company in Australia, or some sorry, some um, government body in Australia that oversees organisations like APRA and uh, gives gives them license to do whatever they do. Right. And they and they're saying, you know, you need to be more transparent and explain to your composers how it is that you decide how much money they get paid. Oh. And and explain it in layman's terms. Don't, right. You know, because at the moment it's very complicated and it's all over the show. So I guess they're going to have to answer to that pretty shortly that'll be very interesting but you know mm. if you talk to those people behind who who do do that for like copyright lawyers and yeah pros and all those people it's very complicated apparently yeah i would have thought it's like well hang on you pay you play my song you pay me yeah or somebody pays me you'd think so wouldn't you yeah. it's the same kind of confusion around the pay-per-clicks on the streaming models and things like that you know mm. I, I was talking to someone last week who said isn't it just a the same amount for every click and i'm like i don't think it is I think, there's, mm. I think there's sort of a sliding scale depending on who you are and which company you're from. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, right. It's a bit twisted. I think we're going to find yeah. out a lot in the future, eh, when we look back on this time. Absolutely. Yeah. We've, so uh, who is our guest today? Oh, sorry, oh, you were going to say something. No, I was just going to say, um, despite my best efforts, we've now got this habit fully formed that we always forget to say who the guest is until the end, <laughs> until the end of the only <laughs> I always go in with the intention, the intention of introducing the guest right off the bat, and for some reason it never works. Well, that's because we don't plan these things out and there's no script. So, I mean, <laughs> if, if there was, we could probably... Being more organised, and here we go rambling again. Who's the fucking guest? <laughs> um, our guest today is Lisa Crawley, uh, and Lisa, of course, has done all sorts of things. Been releasing music for a long time, performed with all sorts of amazing people, and mm-hmm. she's a session musician as well as an original songwriter. Um, and she's starring in the uh, stage show Once, which is coming up very fast. I think it's maybe next month. Yep, July, right? I think so. Mm. Um, so she's in the middle of rehearsals for that, and I think we recorded this maybe two days into rehearsals starting something like that or maybe a week in i can't remember oh wow and how, um, how was she fearing <laughs> oh she seemed all right yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah awesome. yeah shot well let's jump and have a listen cool now let's do this don't give up your day job i feel like I, you're waiting for me to make a formal intro here no no not at all no why don't you start with a joke uh, I don't really know. I'm one of those people that just don't legitimately know jokes. Yeah. Like I will joke along, haha, as it goes. But right. when it comes to, there were blah, blah, blah there were, there yeah. were three. You know, I love a good joke. I just can't remember any. Yeah. Yeah. Is that one? No. 
<laughs> Wait, was it funny? If it was funny, then uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I'm the kind of person that Googles. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> a great place to leave it. Dot, dot, dot. How are rehearsals going anyway? Rehearsals are going well. We've actually only done one week yep. so far. Mm-hmm. Had, then I've just had unofficial script run-throughs with um, the lovely Adam. But just at a bar, like reading over lines, trying oh, yeah. to get them solidified. Yes, yeah. we had three days of music and then three days of just him and I going over scenes with the director. And is, yeah, is, so, the, is the work at the bar just because you are putting in extra effort? It's just because Adam likes beer. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good good excuse. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, though. and and the extra. Yeah, just just trying to get it locked in before we start properly rehearsing next right. week. Have you done many stage shows before, or things like this before? Um, or is this a new? I wanted territory? my whole life. I wanted to do musical theatre, like yep. growing up, and then I got into a school uh, overseas for my last during my last year of high school, but that was just too expensive. Right. And then uh, I was really depressed about it all and thought it was the end of the world. And then I realised I'd probably rather write my own songs. Right. If I can, which so you, I can. you weren't writing at that point. I was, but I I had always studied acting and dance and that was my goal. I had a firm goal of like doing musical theatre, Broadway. Right. Yeah. But now I'm kind of like not not unhappy with how it's worked out and I haven't gone to shows and felt like that kind of impending sense of that's what I should have been doing my whole life, you know. I'm right. kind of I'm, – I'm happy with the outcome. But at the time I was really distressed about it and – What school was it? Uh, it was like a musical theatre school um, overseas. Right. Yeah. That, that narrows it down. <laughs> it's called La Salle. Oh, yeah. But anyway. Um, so if you're in that world, you'd know the school? I'd know the school. I mean, for those who are listening who uh, are maybe, from that world. So it was like the the top musical theatre school in Australia started, the head of that started a school in Singapore. Yeah. And yeah. And I auditioned for that and I must have been about 16. And then they offered a scholarship, but still it was just too much to live over there for right. three years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was really upset. I remember going to see a musical Mamma Mia or something that came through and I was crying. I was like, what are we doing? And <laughs> took a year off, worked at Music Works, selling sheet music. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Not good for commission sheet music. <laughs> you on commission? Yeah. What? What a poor... Oh, I mean, I got like $10 an hour. I didn't... Oh, right. I see. And commission. So, wait, that's below minimum wage, isn't it? Or maybe it wasn't then. Um. Yes, it's been ages since I've left... No, wait. It's not been long since I've left school. I'm trying to pretend. Should <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I sound younger? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a while ago, but it was pretty bad. And there was this really awesome bagel place around the corner. So I just spent all my all my money there. You ended up back at zero at the end yeah, of the week. Yeah, I actually yeah. did. Yeah. And then I was teaching a bit of piano at a music school. Bagels are better than heroin, though. Are they? I don't know. It's just Have you tried I didn't bagels? expect you to. I didn't expect Have you tried you to, bagels? <laughs> Have you tried bagels? Yeah, no, I've just heard about them. I worked yeah. at Dunkin' Donuts not knowing... <laughs> How good bagels were. I thought I didn't like them. I just decided. I remember like a very fussy eater and I just had in my head that I didn't like them. Right. And the whole time I could have got free bagels when I was working at Dunkin' Donuts when Why? I was 15. Why could you get free bagels? Well, because I worked there. I could have just been like... Just Does Dunkin' Donuts make bagels? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Just with like, cream Do they just cheese. sell anything that's round with a hole in the middle? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they also sell tyres. Yeah, tyres <laughs> and like... Because I wouldn't think, I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts for a bagel. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, I guess it's the whole American vibe. Right. Yep. I see. <laughs> anyway. These are good answers. Probably for the best. Anything. I mean, yeah. yeah. I wish I didn't like bagels now because it's just, like, 
Why like, they're delicious? Mm-hmm. I know I do, they're, but they're like aren't they like ten pieces of bread and one and one <laughs> I, circle I heard of the whole. Mm. And so were you? Uh, so you didn't? You decided to abandon the idea of musical theatre, or just or yeah, just or just make do with what I could, what I my next possibility was, right. and then I yeah, took the year off, and then I was like, what do I do now? And so I, so my friends were doing jazz at Auckland University, yeah. So I decided to try that for a year, right? And I was a bit like. I wasn't very happy about it. No, why not? <laughs> I was like, because I just didn't know what else to do right. at that time. So it seemed like you were just treading water or doing it for yeah, the sake of Yeah, I was like, oh, it's better than doing nothing. Yeah. Um, I think that's why a lot of people study music, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I did one pop paper as well, and that was sort of, like, it was quite a new course, and there was no piano teacher f- private for private lessons for the first half of the year. Yeah. And I was really stressed about that because I'd never done jazz. I played <laughs> By ear and I managed to like get by playing pop songs or whatever but the actual jazz stuff I got a real kind of phobia about it when every time I had to do a solo I would freak out and do, so you didn't read yeah I read yeah oh, I did, I did all my grades before that like oh, right piano yeah. singing classical yeah clarinet right yeah. yeah you just said because you played by ear I thought maybe, oh sorry yeah. no I mean I mean in terms of like soloing I didn't really know from a jazz point of view like I didn't have lessons for sure. jazz like everyone else was having their lessons and I was like yeah I didn't. right yeah. And did you get over that intimidation? No. No? <laughs> Even to this day? No. <laughs> Why not? Because I don't, I guess I just haven't put the time into, like I appreciate all the people at that, that top of the game with jazz stuff, mm. but I guess I've never, I've always been distracted by songs and right. pop songs and yeah. um, maybe I've just made it easy for myself. But I, I guess I know as, as much as I have needed to to get by to get that work accompanying myself yeah. and do a little solo. Um, but there was a time where there was a really prestigious jazz bar that were changing owners. Yes. And it wasn't really announced properly. And so it turned from a jazz bar into this kind of country, kind of bogan country. Let's just say the London bar literally had its British flag taken down and American nom was put up. I was just going to say, was it the London bar? <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I, I love that anyway, place. It changed hands and they yeah. wanted um, this country singer who's now passed away, but he... He, I think he's released like thirty albums, but he, he wanted a female, uh, he wanted a keyboard player, and it was all really weird in hindsight. I don't really know, but I was just like, yeah, sure, work. And they he put together this band, and then he passed away, and the band were left together, being like, oh, what songs do you know? And so we just play oh. like kind of jazzy songs, but right. like moon dials or like token songs. But then all these kind of like jazz, I mean, elitists. I'm yeah. gonna say snobs, but people would come expecting to hear those great jazz players that the London Bar did host, right. who I have the most respect for. And but and I just felt so sheepish. I was literally like wanting to cry when I was playing because I was like, I know that I'm not what you want to hear. and <laughs> want to hand out a pamphlet. Uh, Say, yeah. I know, like, here's my disclaimer. But I also needed the work and, yeah. you know, we were fine at doing what we did. We played Beatles songs, we played whatever, but, it, you know, people were confused by the identity. Right. Yeah. And it was really stressful for me. I kind of relate to that, though, because I never went deep into a lot of the guitar stuff. Like I never sat down and learned to shred for 10 hours a day really? or anything like that. Never mind. I don't believe you. No, I didn't. I didn't care. I learned to play the guitar so I could write songs. Oh, cool. And like every time I've learned about other genres and sort of upskilled in whatever way, it's always been, I've sort of dabbled in things, but Mm -hmm. it's always, the song's been the main thing for me. But I feel like that's the right way of looking at it. Mm. Like it's great to go and get other skills in other areas of playing, but if you don't have the song as your sort of front and centre, then you've missed the point in my opinion. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, it depends if that song's like... Cantaloupe Island or <laughs> yeah. Watermelon Man or the, the, you know. But I think people would, like some of my 
student friends when I was at Auckland Uni. I was already playing in hotels for four to five hours and some of them would turn up and I'd be like, I know that you're not going to enjoy it because it's just, it's not like, I'm not geeking out on like yeah. modes and stuff right, on my solos. Right. I'm just literally like accompanying myself normally in C major. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And there was one guy that was like, why do you always play everything in C? I was like, go away. <laughs> but I was earning the money, you know, like I was yeah. getting work. And, That's right. And that was something that I, and they were all, I think, a bit confused by that, but. But I think that's kind of... The I had skills they didn't have. Because right. I was like, you know, learned from a young age to book my own shows. and Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the elitist... Reading the room as well. Right. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. I feel like a lot of the snobbery that does happen in lots of genres, it's not just jazz, but I often, I feel like that often exists in, with the people that don't work, that don't make money. Because if, right. you're, if you're out there making money consistently, yeah. you've got to change your attitude a bit. And you find that with people, yeah. Yeah. Is that, you, is the thing that's particularly... A cultural thing as well people i don't know what do you mean by cultural you mean new zealand or yeah maybe or just people like oh um, yeah I, I for trying I, even for trying like to do your own music as well like people yeah there's a tall poppy thing for sure that's what i was just trying to say yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's definitely a thing right but yeah. i mean i i don't know if the thing i was commenting on was um local to new zealand or not i feel i just feel like music is different when you look at it hypothetically versus when you do it for a job mm. when you do it for a job it changes everything because like yeah. you say you've got to read the room you're often working for a band leader you know, it just changes the dynamic. You can go, well, I know this fancy trick, but yeah. maybe they don't want that fancy trick. That's right. And I often really was really down on myself for not being everything to everyone, I suppose. Like yeah. not being the most honky-tonk piano bar player or not being, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, I knew people that were top of the game and everything. And I mm. sort of was maybe working in a bunch of different stuff and I felt really like, yeah. And I, I've always been a performer that's not really been able to fully... You see people that look so in the zone and not, I'm not one of those people that just zone out. I'm kind of watching people and going, what right. are you thinking? Or, or listening to people's conversations and trying to trying to pull back on that and, and say if someone's not going to enjoy it, then that's fine. You can't please everyone. But, yeah. It's a hard yeah. lesson to learn though. I know. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's, I mean, the way that I deal with it is that I think that there are people who specialize and there are people who generalize like a GP versus a, you know, mm. a, 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 someone, a medical person who focuses on one part, you know. Yeah, I'm going, um, to, I'm going to a specialist on Thursday for my ears because oh, I'm... Oh, you've been having issues? I've been having issues, yeah. Yeah, I think you mentioned that, but I didn't quite hear what it was all about. You couldn't, maybe you need to see one too. Maybe, possibly. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, but I, I feel like, like, I feel like I'm a GP as a musician, you know, I, uh, I, yeah. I'm across yeah. the board. I can, I can dabble in things, which probably makes me quite employable you know, in, in a pop band or whatever, in, a, yeah. in, a, in that kind of context. But you wouldn't hire me to play, like, you know, in Miles Davis's band if he was still oh, around, really? you know. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't have the I was moves. about to start a tribute band and I was going to ask really? if you to do I'll it. Really? I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do it. That's like me, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, do anyway. I'll do it and then yeah. I, like, sp spend the whole, you know, a month, like, full-time learning something yeah. if I want to do it that much. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Oh, no, yeah. I've done that before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you just say yes, right? Work yes, and. Yes, and, exactly. <laughs> so I think... um. You said on, on your website, maybe, or an article I found about um, uh, teaching the kids how to play recorder. I kind of uh, got the vibe that you were always just in music somehow. It's like you didn't start at a particular age or year. You're just always playing. Is that right? Well, actually, I don't really have a particularly musical family. Um, my dad plays a bit of saxophone and a bit of, a bit of guitar and, and a little bit of keyboard. <laughs> That's not musical at all. No, oh, sorry. Like, he... <laughs> plays a bit of music but it's not something he's done much although he did play at church on the keyboard and he um told the whole church he was nervous because i was there 
oh. on Easter to, and he was stressing out about oh, playing like keyboard. Oh, like last Easter, like recent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got back from LA the night before and then or the day before and straight to this like, little ch- church and yeah. I was like, okay, this is different to, <laughs> to where I just was. Anyway, um, so we made a cassette tape for a family friend who was a clarinet player in Australia and he thought that I had very good pitch. He said, oh, Lisa's got perfect pitch. Um, and this is when I was two. And to start singing, this is me singing happy birthday to him. Two? Yeah. Right. Which to everyone thinks it means that I'm always going to be in tune. It does not. I'm just more aware of it and self-loathing <laughs> well, about my lack of being in tune. What does it mean to you? Because like, I've heard various... Well, everything is a note to me. Right. But yeah. I've, I hear various, uh, I hear conflicting ideas of what perfect pitch means. Uh, okay. Like, so to some people it means you can play a note randomly and the person will go G. Yeah. So is that what you can do? Yeah. Right. Okay. Is that what it means to you though? Or does it mean that you can... Yeah. I'm just a bit harder on myself maybe about being, I feel like I should be more in tune or something like with singing <laughs> right. vocals and stuff. I'm like, damn it. That was, yeah. But it just means that you know when you don't sing the right note, <laughs> you got, yeah. you're fully aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe that's worse. It's not always good. <laughs> <laughs> but they noticed when you were two. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. He, he said, I do know actually, that's what he said to apparently right and so i start and to start record it so i started recording at four yeah and then so it was before i started school and then just kept playing recorders and then clarinet and then piano singing and yeah, yeah but i was very much um bringing my parents along that, that i've never had those kind of you know um parents that are pushy parents or right yeah you know going to dance exams was stressful for mom doing my hair it's not like come on you gotta you get to look perfect you know it was <laughs> We weren't that kind of family, but always but they also very supportive. They, yeah, but they also went oh, down yeah. on the idea. No, no. Dad no. took me to auditions all the time. I was yeah. like looking in the paper, like a big nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, oh, I want to audition for that. And, you know, Broadway shows or Broadway shows. I mean, Auckland shows. <laughs> shows at the yeah. Glen Eden Theatre, Playhouse Theatre. Do you um, think there's something in that? Like in, in that kind of parenting approach of, you know, obviously you don't want to be discouraging, but also not being too pushy? Yeah, I mean, I see pushy parents from being a from teaching and I like mm. cringe hard out and I don't think it often is going to serve them very well in terms of finding the joy if it's music say yeah um I know people are being put off and I think that's maybe because they started too young or maybe yeah or just didn't yeah, yeah I've definitely had some I think there's something encouraging them and, and exposing them to things seems they like it yeah. but I think that Forcing someone to do something is going to end up probably with the opposite you know, result. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe not. Sometimes, maybe it's like, thanks, mom, for making me go to piano. Maybe twice a week. I've only heard that I story once, cried though. I've and only... yelled at the teacher. <laughs> I heard that with um, Kenny Kirkland, who was a really famous jazz pianist. Okay, and he was he... like, I'm, in hindsight, he was grateful. Or... I saw him on a document. Yeah, I saw him on a documentary saying that he used to sit in this room on a like second or third level practicing a piano because he wasn't allowed to not. And he would look out the window and see the neighborhood kids like kicking a ball around. And he just, all he wanted to do was go and kick the ball around. Um, and he hated it. But then he became this monster player. And um, and looking back at that time, he's passed now, but at that time of his life, he was saying, I'm really glad that happened. But that's the only time I've ever heard that story. Glad I never kicked the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I feel like um, music is something you've got to find your own motivation, like your own internal thing. Yeah. Like no one can push okay. you into that, you know? So. Very lucky to have very supportive parents. It just literally came from dinner with my mum talking about, you know, what to do next. And at my age, some people could be like, Dale, don't you think you're just going to want to settle down? You know, right, but right. she's, no, let's figure it out and let's talk about it. And yeah. Yeah. To, just, to the, yeah. To just, the day, you mean? Yeah. Literally like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 
And so what was, but what was the plan though? Like, did you have a plan when you were a teenager? Yeah, to do musical theatre and, and, and that was be it. overseas doing that. How did you lock in on theatre? Theatre? Um, lock in? Yeah, like, I mean... Why? I guess most kids guess look at pop stars, right? I wanted but. to... Oh, yeah, I guess I just loved the musicals and I enjoyed acting. I made my dad take me to sign up to an acting agency. Yeah. And then it'd be on Schwartz Street, like, I'd take him... He'd have to join me and, yeah, um, all, all the things, like playing classical music and orchestras, I'd did a bit of that in clarinet and bassoon and... Um, I was just kind of like very forensic about looking out for opportunities. Right. Something that hasn't really decreased, but um, it's a good thing. It is good. Mm. Sometimes it's a bit. Um, you feel like if it's not a good day, it's sort of like, what am I doing? But yeah. Um, what's the <laughs> other alternative? You know. Yeah. Just don't do it. You got to put yourself forward. Pay someone else to do it for you. Not an option. So. No. I mean, even if you had the money, no one's going to do it as well as you would. Yeah. 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 So it's like a. The whole admin side of things is like another little job in itself, I Absolutely. suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I guess I was in a rock band um, in high school as well. And I was quite down on my own songwriting abilities because it wasn't that fitting to the genre of music we were playing. Yeah. Um, Which was what? Kind of like psychedelic rock. Oh, yeah. Cool. Quite melodic as well, though. So I played keys and organs and synths and sung a bit. But I was really scared. I was quite scared to share any ideas. Um, because of the other band members or just because of your own in a, in a conversation? Yeah, I guess I just didn't think that because a lot of my music, I, I mean, the other music I was playing, apart from these, these this high school band, and we were playing in bars actually, um, was church music and musicals. And I don't know, it was just really different to that sort of thing. Yeah. And my music was different to that as well. <laughs> um, but I just had these different worlds and I that's something of, experience from a young age like the biggest contrast of musical worlds you could probably imagine Mm. um as settings um yeah and I but I had songs I was just kind of a bit like some of them I shared and some I didn't and probably didn't I I kind of shared a couple or recorded a couple with friends um on my last three years of high school but only really started to oh there was one song that the singer really liked of mine that we did in the band. Right. Um, but it took for that band to sort of break up for me to really go, okay, well, what do I do now? Right. Yeah. 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 And that's when you thought your own thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And did yeah. that take some sort of getting to, to decide on that? Um, I mean, I, I, I guess it was around the time of when I realized I wasn't going to go to that theater school. And mm. I mean, I was writing songs for music at school um, as well, but yeah, just actually kind of take it a bit more seriously. Right. Um, and do start doing open mics. Am I right in thinking that in, in somewhere in there you you were uh, you applied for New Zealand Idol, or you were in, involved in New Zealand Idol? Oh. No. The look on your face says no. The look on my face says. Well, the look on your face says. Don't where talk did about you it. hear that? Shut, shut up! Don't talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> do you mean something else? But um, there was this. I was just talking about this the other day because yeah. the once show that I'm involved in, once musical. Um, <laughs> It's got Jesse O'Brien, who apparently did quite well in an Idol. Okay. Um, it's a bit of a blur now, that whole thing. And Jackie Clark's in the show, and she was a judge. Right. But I thought it was funny because I auditioned and I got told I was too vanilla by Frankie Stevens. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> I know Frankie. Oh, it was a bit vanilla for me. <laughs> and I was like, what? that's yeah. quite weird. You can't say, I don't, know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Bland, I guess. I know, but 
That seems like a weird, especially in that context, as a pop context. I just remember that so vividly. Like, us giving my friends, I have the most, I remember, like, weird shit. Sorry, can I say that Oh, on yeah, here? totally. Yeah. Okay. Fuck, man. I remember the weirdest <laughs> shit um, from when, you know, things, I think we all remember things that were, like, probably get upset us or, like, yeah. you remember to, like, oh, I'm not good because that person said that to right. me. Yeah. Yeah. Stays in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember doing a musical when I was 10, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and one of the mums said, oh, you're beautiful, but this girl, she's incredible or something. Oh. Like, And I just still remember that. What a thing to say. No, but I remember it. Like, she was a, a total pushy mum, dancer kind of mum yeah. person. Um, I'm pretty sure anyway, like, I don't, I just remember stuff that, and then when it comes to like, where are my keys? Don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird how that shit stays in your head. Yeah. It's almost like if, it's also like that thing when you you know you you get twenty compliments or thirty compliments oh. and you get one negative comment and you're like fuck yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so I didn't do New Zealand like, I auditioned so you auditioned but you didn't yeah, do man it. Right, I auditioned right, for everything I auditioned yeah. for McDonald's Young Entertainers forgot yep. the words I was like seven or something <laughs> I just, I remember that I sang Colors of the Wind by Pocahontas from the Pocahontas movie and I forgot the words <laughs> and then I was really jealous because this cool like slightly older group sang Viva Forever by Spice Girls and I was right like, oh, that's so cool and I completely flaked. <laughs> But I was so upset. But yeah, and then actually weirdly, full circle, I was playing in a hotel and Frankie Stevens on a separate thing, had no idea that I was Vanilla Girl. Right. Um, <laughs> he goes, oh, something great. Here's my card. I've got an entertainment company. <laughs> and I didn't even say I'm Vanilla Girl. Now I totally would be like, hey, remember me? It's Vanilla Girl. But I, I was just like, oh, thanks. So how did you start the, the, the original pursuit once you left the band? Um, open the mics. Open, some mics. open mics at Dog's Bollocks. Yep. Oh, yeah. The temple. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like youth group things as well. A couple yep. of those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I made an EP while I was at uni doing that. We had to kind of record some songs. So the one pop paper I did was a good push to record that. And I remember I did it really backwards. I recorded my piano and vocals and then wanted to make an EP out of it. So I went to my friend Pete Wood and got... Cass and Alistair to do the drums and bass around it. <laughs> <laughs> Had you recorded to a click? No. Right. <laughs> I don't think so. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've Learning. done that before. Yep. And then I also printed 2,000 copies of that one EP, which, <laughs> at, you know, at such a young age without any distribution idea, I was like, yeah, great. All that time at Dunkin' Donuts saved yeah, yeah. up enough for the, and the photos so emo as well. Yeah. Um, so then what happened? So then I went, open mic nights. yeah, then I did a little EP and then I went to, so while I was at uni, not having a very good time, Yeah, it's sort of like, um, I was playing in a hotel and got offered a job in Japan and Do, doing, what? doing <laughs> exactly what I was doing, but right, add right. some dancing in there. Yeah. So piano and singing. And then we did these variety shows. Mm -hmm. So I was joining three other entertainers and they had themed shows. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, sweet, sounds fun. I'm not really happy where I am. So I said yes. And then two weeks later, I'm actually in the middle of nowhere, this place called Atami. Right. Not, it's a beautiful place if anyone's like, it's not the middle of nowhere. It, it just was <laughs> for me when I was picturing like Tokyo, I was picturing like Akihabara, like hardcore technology yeah. and like fast paced right. lifestyle. Um, but I was on this hotel on a cliff overlooking the ocean um, with no English speakers or no internet. And I had two weeks to kind of learn these Japanese songs and wow, um, yeah, and, and singing so, Japanese too, a little bit. Wow, 
so and yeah. Any idea? I was did, 19 then. Did you have any idea how to speak Japanese? No, but phonetically, if you spell it out, it's quite similar to Maori, how you pronounce it. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, and for that, that was for me uh, an escape from not being very happy with what I was doing. So, yeah. but also an affirmation once I was there that I definitely don't want to be singing other people's songs forever. Right. Um, because I was going crazy <laughs> seven days a week Yeah, for four months. Good training though. Good training, um, but very different. Like it was just such a contrast of uh, the other three were st- sort of older than me and had 10 years of, you know, of that kind of world, yeah. entertainer world. And some parts of it were fun. Others I didn't really enjoy so much. And the repetition of, seven nights a week doing the same thing. I guess that's why it also affirmed to me that songwriting was going to be preference to musical theatre as well because it was, you can vary it up, you yeah, know? Yeah, And I also got really bad anxiety over there and, and obsessed over certain notes and songs because I made, made a mistake once, made a mistake once, and then I would have had nothing else to do during the day in this, like, very David Lynch-esque um, hotel but to obsess over what I did wrong and how I was going to do it again. And I, yeah. I, and, and did you make more more mistakes just, because you obsessed? I didn't try I, I lowered the notes to right. not go for the high one because I mucked it up once, which was well within my range. But yeah. um, I literally would just like went a bit kooky. Like <laughs> right. everyone was getting annoyed with me for not hitting that note. And I would just obsess over it. And then I would obsess over obsessing about it. Right. And so for me, I'm like, well, if I do my own songs, then I can just, doesn't matter. I can change it however I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it was really bad at the time. I guess it was just such a lifestyle contrast from having, you know, it's quite a social life to literally like having nobody to talk to. But was as the, the other entertainers kept to themselves quite a bit. And was that side of you always there? Was you, have there always been like anxieties or, you know, um, that? That was like, I suppose so. I've always been quite, quite an anxious person or an overthinker. But yeah. That was really like next level. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because of the environment, though. Possibly, yeah. and I, I would go and have breakfast in the ballroom thing in the morning, and they had Parker Bowes Cannon, you know, the yeah. on repeat every like all, all oh, that, that would day, drive me every day, every day. Me, yeah. That's the only song they played. Right, that drives yeah. me crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, pe- the poor people who have to work at Baker's Delight. They, oh, yeah. they play that jingle over and over again in Baker's Delight. Every oh, time yeah. I walk past, I'm like, how do these people? I mean, I, it fucks me off just to walk past. <laughs> do they just replay the jingle over and over? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. It sounds like Mr. Whoopi. It's that kind of sound. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. I find it, yeah, that's would drive me mental. But if you if you say you've always, what did you say? You've always had a bit of anxiety. Is that what you said? Yeah, or? I've always worried a lot, like at, mm. at school and being very, yeah. Um, I think going, growing up, growing up, growing up <laughs> with the bros at, yeah. um, and quite a church environment as well. I don't know, certain things I just didn't really feel like were quite repressed for me and I didn't really know what I thought about things because right. I just went along with whatever I was told. So you didn't um, feel like you had your own identity or, possibly. or opinion or something? Well, 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 no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, I, and then I just got like really, yeah, I got really depressed in Japan, I suppose, yeah. if I'm honest. But from there went to London and and go, okay, I got offered to stay another six months. Right. But I was like, no way. Um not right now, anyway. And it was a great job. I mean, there were so many great things to learn from that experience. Mm. And not to say I would never do that again. But, yeah, I just haven't been able to go back and do any kind of cruise ship or anything. I've had offers from hotels for that sort of work. And I just feel, and it's absolutely nothing against that. And if you're the right personality and work ethic, then 
you would thrive in that situation. Yeah. It's definitely a right personality thing. Yeah. yeah. Have you done stuff like that, like cruises? And- I did one last year because I'd never okay. done it before. So I got asked to do like a, a 10 day and I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Free trip to Fiji. 10 days? Yeah. Oh, that, that's, it's not too bad. I mean, people valuable. go away for two years, yeah, don't they? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So I was like, this was like a chance to get a little taste of it, just so I know what it's all about. Because I always wondered what it was like. And um, it was fun. I'm glad I did it. But it definitely isn't my bag. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not well, that kind of guy. I just didn't want to end up like saying I never tried to do my own thing and just spending my paycheck on getting, you know, Botox to look young enough to keep working there. <laughs> you see a lot of older men playing the piano bars and, you know, doing the whole... Billy Joel, Elton John, sort of winking and pointing kind of stuff. But what, as a woman, you just don't see that as much. Not that it, I mean, that would make me want to do it more, but yeah, I just had to, for myself, I had to be true to myself and go, okay, I've got actually got something that I want to say. Exactly, yeah. And that I care about, and I don't want to say that I didn't try. Right. Yeah. I, I, and just going back slightly, I just wonder whether the anxiety side of things has got anything to do. Cause I, I think sometimes that can be a sign of intelligence. I'm completely unqualified to start making any statements. Well, I was but- put up a year at school. <laughs> I wrote a letter, but, I, but I'm good I, at writing letters. I've always written letters. But don't you see a trend like you, you, you have perfect pitch. So you can really hear the notes, which sometimes means it tortures you because you oh, can hear just, when they're not I was right. like, I can't sing above an E because I stuff, you know, fucks it up once. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's where I fuck up. But it means you're going to be hypersensitive to music. So you know when it's right or wrong. Yeah, but I mean, I still would appreciate so much music I love that's like, you know, maybe even like the tunings out or whatever. It yeah. was, or it's got, and it's got character that's great. But when I went to, because I've been having this problem with my ears, I went and got acupuncture in my face the other day, which was really weird. And I, know, I didn't know that it was what was going to happen. <laughs> They're like, we've got this great neck purse. I was like, cool. Like, are we going to do needles in my face? Yeah, we're going to like listen to all your heartbeats, like all your different ones in your body. And I was yeah. like, what? Okay. And that she put this music on and it was like... Ding, 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 ding. And then in the background, you'd hear these like kind of bells. It's kind of like, like as part of the music right. that were under like the tone. It was like a quarter tone out. Yeah. This so would just go ding, ding, ding. And then all of a sudden it'd be a section. And Whoa. I just was like crying and laughing at the same time. <laughs> She's out of the room. And I was like, what the fuck do I do now? They must be specifically there though, right? To, to get some sort of reaction from you. Um, well, the music was just for relaxation, like just general music. Well, Not quarter, like a, quarter tones aren't very relaxing. I know, but I was... And I was real Larry David about it initially. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, is this like, do people like this kind of stuff? She's like, oh, people really enjoy it. Yeah, it's like this Tibetan thing. I'm like, oh, cool. And then I just said some comment. I just didn't, it's like when I got a massage, even um, first world problem, but I was just, yeah. the same one piano song was going around. It was like this MIDI file. And I was real, just too shy to complain. I was like, oh, do you just have the, the one song? Like, what's the song that keeps playing? And they're like, <laughs> I'm like, do you just have the one? They go, no, no, there's many. And then they went out and they put a new song. <laughs> but I just can't relax. I'm writing little manuscripts in my head and yeah. like going, oh, that's that chord. And I was just like, yeah. I wonder if that's that's you. I wonder if that's like the root of the, some of the stuff. Maybe. Maybe I, you like that in life too. Maybe you. I got did. called a ball of tension. I was a ball <laughs> of tension today by the physio. So. Wow. Sexy. Is that a compliment? Ball of tension. Oh, I don't think so. Could be good for your art. Maybe. But maybe you're. Um, do Do you feel like you're hypersensitive from a perspective point of view about the world around you? Have you always sort of been a watcher of people and society and Yeah, well, and on a personal note, relationships have been quite testing for me because I worry all the time. I'm not, I don't thrive and feel more secure in relationships overall. There's more to worry about. I suppose so. Yeah. And I'm not just doing that so I have something to write about. Um, (laughs) I really have, you know, but that's that's just to this date and, and 
you know, could all change as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be like a chilled out, married, like just relaxed entertainer when you next see me on a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> on a cruise. With singing, heaps of kids. Singing Billy like, Joel songs. Not caring what you think. <laughs> Pointing at the crowd. Winking. Yeah. 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 So I went to London and then from, right. from Japan, I was like, I had to tell myself, no, I don't want to do another six months of this. This is yeah. not good for me. Mm. Um, yeah. It was not making me feel good as a person, I suppose. And just, I was kind of spoken to almost like nothing wrong with being an escort whatsoever, but people didn't know because I don't know. I felt like I was sort of looked at it the same way because it would dress up and wear like, you know, stuff. And that's completely fine. But for me, yeah. I just didn't, I grew to sort of resent that um, and my attitude towards that sort of world. Mm. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Someone asked if I was a queen. Uh, like, yeah, it's just really weird. Are you talking about in London now or still oh, so in that Japan? Was Japan. Japan yeah. 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 Um and then from London I yeah, just played little gigs and loved it. Yep. Just little pubs. What took you to London though? What was just why needing London? to get away from that job. And it's London. And I wanted to yeah, I'd never been to London. Yeah. And so I saved and went for six months, which was the most you can go. Yeah. Uh earned a bit of money in Japan. Um, seven days a week. Rent free. Four nights there. Yeah. 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 Great way to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I went there and had a great time overall. Like I had to work in this, I worked in this nightclub called Turn Mills to pay the rent, uh-huh. which was now shut down for stabbing reasons. Oh. Um, but they had this recording studio downstairs where bands like Gorillaz, Happy Mondays and Baby Shambles record. And yep. I had no visa, but I was just working for five pounds an hour from like 10 p.m. to 10 in the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seems reasonable. That was weird. Yeah. I'm guessing that's and I've never done any drugs or like I never knew what drugs were really. Like I was just what didn't until really then. Drink. Is that what you're saying? Uh I had I yeah, I was aware of what they were. Right. Yeah. Aware of I what they were because oh, you didn't get amongst all right. <laughs> no, we literally right. just weren't allowed any breaks. It was a really scary place to work actually. Right. Um, but I'm guessing five pounds an hour is below minimum wage. I don't yeah. know what minimum wage is there. Yeah, it was like a, a nightclub and also a pub, and it had like these different parts to it. Yeah. Sometimes during the day, I would work at reception, and that's when the recording studio people would come up and. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. Um, it must have been quite a crazy world, especially if you have a background in, in the more church culture, to, yeah. be, to now be out there, not only in the music industry, but also in, in London. And I would club go to and, church in the evening and then start work after that at the nightclub. Oh, so you're still going to church at that point? Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I went to like night church and then would go to the pub and then I'd go to work. Did that create <laughs> any conflict? Um, no, I mean, the church I went to was quite... Uh, quite a liberal church compared to some. Yeah. Um, and I was just like also a way to meet people. I had some mm. good friends that went there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was I was like seeing things at this nightclub that I didn't really think I'd ever, you know, it was quite opening. <laughs> it was a full on right. dance club. Like it was like all the hardcore techno DJs. Right. It was just a different world to me. Like I'd never, you know, apart from the 90s remixes of dance tracks that would play on ZM, I didn't know any of those songs. You no. know? So it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, just the highlight for me during that time was, playing my songs and then being received well at just little nights. And then mm-hmm. got to the point where I even like sold out a couple of little small shows there. Awesome. Um, a lot of gigs were like quite cringy, like bring, bring five people or else you don't want not, not five, but bring 20 people. Otherwise you know, you're not allowed back at this kind of thing. Right. Or yeah. They're right with a tally. Who are you here to see? Right. You know, and you're yeah. like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tally next year. I name. hate that sort of thing. Eh? I imagine if they did that at wine cellar or something. I don't think they do. I'm not sure. No. Never played there. But oh. I went to a place recently and they did that. Where? Was, where? Where was I? 
Can't remember. I'm going to get used to saying my swapping around my V's and W's for the show. There. <laughs> <laughs> Makes yeah. you sound exotic. Yeah. That's the plan. So did that build confidence though? Yeah. And, but, yeah. Uh, and then I was really like, I stayed there and then I hung out with like guys from the Chicks and stuff like that there. Oh, yeah. I got to know some of the Kiwis over in London. Played in, um, yeah, like, oh, actually that was the first time I was there. Um, went and then I had to go back to New Zealand because six months is the most you can stay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so did you just have to come back for a minute and then go back? I went back for like a year. I had right. run out of money by then. Right. <laughs> As you do six months in London with yeah, no, of course. No, no, earning, official. no earnings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what did I, you do when you're back in New Zealand? Um, that I continued to write more songs. Yep. Yep. Um, did you work? Yeah, I think so. I think I was just more <laughs> hotel stuff. Oh, yeah. More original gigs. Um, yeah, started getting like a nice small following gigs like Wine Cellar and yep. um, also uh, met somebody and we went to London together who was mm-hmm. also going back to London. Yeah. Um, it wasn't too serious at that stage, but um, but that was just like something that happened during that time and I just kept recording music and well, rec- writing, I suppose, and went back and um, yes. Yeah, Got a work visa to live in London. All right. So cool. my income, logical thing to do for me was work in hotels. So I worked there five nights a week. Yeah. Unless I had an originals gig, like so, for five hours. So so most of this time you're working, I mean, you're earning a living basically from music. Yeah, only. Yeah. yeah. Between so, since, since like uni. Right. Yeah. And to this day, right? Oh, I did like a couple of little temp jobs. Yeah. Just to get over to London again, like reception work or whatever. But was that an, a decision? that you made to do that or was it just so you just sort of ended up there? Yeah, I, I just did quite a bit of teaching, like took on a bunch of students. It's a bit of a blur to exactly what years. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably to save to go to London again. I think I had 30 or something. Right. So teaching and then, um, yeah, covers gigs. Yeah. Plenty of those, like ones, gross ones, nice ones. Yeah, totally. All but, of them. But again, like was it uh, – were you actually decided like I'm going to make my living? Was it a decision or was yeah, it just you just I'm ended up? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it would have been. I just was like, I think I wanted to get back to London. I was like, I'm, I'm just doing as much as I can. Because uh, there's so many musicians out there who want to go full time, and of course it's quite a big barrier to cross if you've already got a full time job and you've got the income and the sort of comfortable yeah. existence. No, there was no alternative in terms of career. Right. Yeah, yeah. At that stage. And it's not like you actually ended up in a particular lifestyle you had to leave. True. Do you know what I mean? Like if, yeah, you've, yeah. if you've already got the job and you've got yeah. the security and the routine, yeah. to give that all up and take a chance is probably scarier. This is true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know some people that have done that. And yeah. that's, is that thing you've done? Uh, sort of, yeah, sort of did it, but I left a shit job. <laughs> the last job I had was real shit. And Where I was it? Um, I was working for a booking agency and I wasn't paid very well. So when I went to work for myself, um, it didn't seem like much of a hit because... Right. It was kind of like going from earning next to nothing to nothing. Mm-hmm. So I just picked up some teaching and some gigs and yeah. assembled a career. Well, you know, I know the title of your title of your podcast is Don't Get Your Day Job. For me, day jobs are those bread and buttered music gigs. Yeah. Jingles, cover gigs, playing piano, teaching, um, mentoring. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and the other side of it is, like you said earlier, doing the admin, like doing the, yeah. the boring stuff in the background. That's right. The name of the podcast came from Bobby. Um, it, it was his idea, and, and what he, the point he was trying to make was that 
when you go full-time with music or with anything in the creative world, you don't actually just give up. It's not a permanent holiday. No, it's just a, it's not. A, just a different job. Mm. So you don't give up your day job because you just get another, it's a different day job, you know? That's right. And yeah. a night job and a 1am job and like, yeah, yeah, constantly checking who's, you know, I check, try and check promoter websites, who's coming through overseas acts. Right. Try and write an email and not sound desperate, but put yourself out there and yep. just sort of like, you know, and most of the time I'd, you know, not all the time when you get replies, it's just... Yeah, which is dehumanising sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But, but you've got to get used to the mountain of rejections for every couple of yeses you get, right? Yeah, and yeah. following up is important too, Absolutely. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so from London, yeah, just I my visa came back to New Zealand after that. Um, sort of had had a few things going on that were quite stressful, I guess, um, in my personal life. Yeah. Um, and then sort of had to figure out where to from there right. after a few events. Um, yeah. So the guy I met got really unwell, so I became a carer for him. So that was quite a different oh, no. thing. So yeah. music was kind of... Took a backseat. I suppose so, yeah. yeah. And then when that sort of came to an end, oh, he, he passed away right. while we were together. So, um, that's rough. It was rough. Yeah. And, uh, he introduced me to some really great bands that I've actually gone on to work with, um, overseas bands even. And that's kind of cool, a cool thing, I yeah. suppose. Going from not knowing who his bands were to like being like, Oh, I wish I could tell you that. Right. Um, kinda wasn't a musician himself, but loved music. Kind of gave you a gift in a way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was quite time consuming and also like emotionally quite, Full on Absolutely. as a 21, two-year-old. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that's young to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, well, got to go and carry on with what I'm doing. So I did another EP. Yep. Um, and then I did another album and this is all New Zealand. And I sort of stayed in New Zealand from there for about another six years, I guess, before yeah. going, oh, yeah, six or seven years before going to Melbourne again. And did the EP and the album that you made at that time, was, was, were you processing what had happened? Yeah, the songs? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, are you okay? I was like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> like, have you always been quite, uh, you know, autobiographical in your songs? I suppose you, so. Or do you write I don't more? want to be all the time. I'm trying <laughs> to be less like that. And I guess the co-writing thing I've been doing more is, is steering away from that a bit. Yeah. Um, but I also know that it's, yeah, it's quite rewarding in the sense that other people you can help other people maybe as well with what they're yeah. sort of going through. It's one of the great know. things about music, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, connecting thing. But yeah, I, I tend to find it easier to write about, well, not easy, but tend to write a lot about stuff and actually figure out how I feel about things. I'm not right. always good at articulating. I don't know about you, but I always find questions about approaches to songwriting quite um, bizarre. Because, you know, <laughs> when they say like, do you write the lyrics first or the music first? And it's like, whatever day it is, I don't know. Yeah, Wherever I the know. idea comes from. Yeah. Um, but do you have any kind of consistency in Mostly how you approach? Mostly it was lyrics first. Yeah. yeah. And do you usually start off with a subject you want to write about or do you just sometimes just, just start putting those together? It. Yeah. Yeah. See I, think I wrote up. a song at Music Works when I was working there at lunchtime. Just like came out and that was like a really quick song for me. Others I'll spend, you know, months or a year on trying to finish. Yeah. Maybe that's a sign they're not very good, but maybe that's not true as well. I get really, I'm not it sure is for about me. it. Is it? Yeah, the harder I work on something, usually it's not very good. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. The best ideas just seem to come from nowhere. Hmm, hmm. You should write a song about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be okay. I'll try it. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to um, be terrible. 
But yeah, during that time, we also played for other artists as well. Your old mate, Greg Johnson. Yeah. Did a couple of years of playing with him. Yeah, he's cool. Julie Deans and Anna yeah. Coddington and Sweet. people like that. Dave McCartney. Yep. Um, was a real gem to know and work with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, did, did a show quite early on after my second EP, I think, called Give It A Girl, which was all the ladies from When The, when the Cat's Away. Oh, yeah. Shona Lang. Um, Debbie. Yeah, Debbie. Shona O'Neill. Yep. Um, Diane. Annie Crummer. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, it was a real, a real blast. Um, and that was at Sky City. And you, you're, you're accompanying them? Bank no, I was doing my own thing. I was like the, the new kid. So oh, it was yeah. like a, a mixture of female artists. Yes. Yeah. Um, which was awesome, awesome and yeah. a good affirmation to me that I could actually do this. And yep, sure. Yeah, I think 2010 was a really good year. I got to support um, Jules Holland and John Mayer. Jules Holland must have been interesting. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect because it was him with his big band. I'm yeah. like, why are you getting me? Is that was a... like that whole mentality of going back to jazz school. It was like, why me? You know, <laughs> well, why am I? But I guess Jules Holland loves all sorts of music as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what the show's always been about, right? Yeah. Never really seemed to have been biased about anything. No, but his stuff's yeah. quite like, have you seen him in his big band? It's quite uh, I think blues, I have a little bit. Of, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Is he as cool as you think he is? I mean, I only had a, oh, nice to meet you. You know, it was like <laughs> right. very, so you went hi, deep. hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he seems cool. Yeah, yeah, he does seem cool. Um, so that was a cool year in terms of, and Paul Weller doing yep. like three shows with him and his band were really cool. And yeah, it was, it was awesome. And um, people still go, oh, I remember that John Mayer show because John Mayer's obviously got his demographics sorted out. He's got such a wide audience. Um, right. Yeah, and th- at the same time, I've really probably felt like, oh, worried about my music was cool enough or like, oh, is BFM playing it? Is I'm not not cool. I shouldn't be doing it if I can't get played on BFM or, <laughs> you know, like worrying about that, I suppose. It's a weird thing to worry about. Is it? Yeah. Oh, they well, wouldn't play me because they said my music was too catchy. Really? And I thought, like, no, nah, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's, uh, that's, that's not my problem. Well, I guess I've had family members that have been really involved with that sort of alternative music world. And right. I would be this little sister tagging along, feeling really, oh, this is too cool for what I do. And they're all laughing at me or whatever. And just like, <laughs> yeah. No, and I still feel like that sometimes. Right. And I'm the bigger, the voice, in my, the louder voice in my head is like, don't worry about it. But I do let it get to me just a niggles. bit too much. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I go in LA and what I've been up to lately has been really... Really cool, and I, I've known to just do my own thing and not worry about that. But I do worry about it. Yeah. If I'm not having a good day, especially. Yeah, I think that's pretty common. And I'm so lucky to have so many talented friends that are really 100% only living off their own music and have a whole team around them. Mm. That I sometimes feel like a bit down on what I'm doing, but yeah. I forget you're the good things. You have people. Yeah. You have people that energize you, eh? Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. you just there's certain people you're like, oh man, it's great seeing that person <laughs> again. They sort of charge you up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They remind you it's okay. Yeah. One of the things that LA taught me is um, that it's kind of, it's almost like status doesn't matter because everyone's just working. You know, like right. you, you can go into a studio and there's someone there who's sort of arguably no one and someone there who's been attached to some massive thing, and but they're all on the same level. They're just working together. Right. You know, that's, that's, that's the vibe that well, I got from well, it anyway. Where was that? Like in studios? Yeah, it's just happened loads of times. Where it's yeah. like, you know, someone might point out that person's done this thing or something. Oh, like, yeah. whoa, holy shit. Remember- but they're just standing there having a coffee with everybody else. And, you know, everyone's at the end of the day, everyone's still trying to pay rent or whatever. Yeah, you can't and- be a decade because it'll no. come back at you. Exactly. Yeah. I saw this amazing show um, 
and the bass player from the show I spoke to and we became Facebook friends. Uh, and I remember the first one of the first Facebook service things was like, I need help, I need work. And I'm like, are you freaking serious? You're playing with like all these incredible artists. Yeah. Um, I just found that hard to get my head around. But it's true. Yeah, you're right. The podcast has taught me that too. You know, it's all these mm. guests we've had. And, and I mean, um, I, I, we had Mark Nateri on, who's a guitar player from Snarky Puppy. Oh, cool. And I asked him what his ambitions were for his uh, solo records. He does, he does his own albums. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, he dodged around for a second. He goes, I'll just say it. It'd be nice one day to break even. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he's like a Grammy award oh, winning, yeah. you know, it's like, if he's not even breaking even, you know, I know, but there's part of that. part of that makes you go, Oh my God, it's terrible. But the other part for me makes me go, Oh, thank God. You know, it's not just us. It's also yeah. people like that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting very difficult to break even. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I've had, you know, I've had setbacks in, in terms of, I had some music videos taken off a station because one of the guys working there was a real creep to me and I didn't, you know, respond wow. in the way that, so I've had to fight and really like. That's awful. Yeah. And then I was part of a, I was part of a, um, not to sound like a downer, but I was part of a group of artists that was managed by a guy that was known, found out to be stealing from all of his artists. Ah, and I think we've covered that on the show. Oh, you're right. Yeah. 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 We had Dave Baxter on. Ah, okay. Yeah. 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 And so for me, that was like, not, I'm not, wasn't earning as much as Dave, but still my songs were being used without my knowledge. Yep. Um, I had royalty, you know, not large amounts, but just to know where your stuff is. Like, it's important to me. Yeah. I, I'm not, sure. Of course. You want to know where it goes. Yeah. yeah. What, what, so what is, what is your take on uh, the experience in the New Zealand music industry being a woman you know, with all the stuff that's happened in the world recently and all the all the issues that have been raised, do you have an opinion on it all? Or, I mean, you just described a story that's in keeping with all of that. Yeah, and I think if that happened now, there would be the support to really come down on that person. Right. I, I confided open. in his colleague because he was wanting to sign me up to his label and I loved some of the bands on his label and she didn't take me seriously. Right. She just went with him and then he growled at me for a speaking to her, huh. um, you know, and that was probably quite a rare thing, but. Surprising also her being a woman. Yeah. You know? But I, I guess know. it's, maybe that's not the point. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't forget that kind of thing. And I also don't want to sound like a big downer. Cause I'm really, I, I want to go to, I go to a lot of conferences and, you know, want to, want to be a really careful and, and knowing my shit I guess so I go to things and I do networking events sometimes for sync yeah um, getting your songs on music and on film and TV mm. and I don't want to come across as this burnt out person right um, and, and with the mentoring as well I don't want to sound like this downer I just want to like trying to figure out the best way to sound like to obviously I love music I wouldn't be still trying to do it now if I didn't yeah. think the good outweighed the bad but why why does it have to make you a downer just to talk about what's real? Because I might sound like a broken record and they're like, oh, I don't want to work with her. She's a bit like, you know. Right. Been around the block of it and like sounds a bit, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe I've worried about that. Because people love this like positive energy yeah. at these conferences. It's it's like, yeah, you know, and it's just like, well, cool. I've had to fight for years to get any money back from songs that were on my, on TV or whatever without, yeah. you know, I've had to like, even checking with my old publisher or whatever, like, oh, and they forgot that they give my song away. I'm like, that's your only job. I'm trying to do all, I'm trying <laughs> to do my own thing. Yeah. It's like, ah, <laughs> are you serious? And I really just drove me a bit crazy and I did not want to write songs 
Between right. that and doing so many other people's songs to get by, I didn't want to play music anymore. And yeah. so I'm trying to, you know, and that was even being in Melbourne had moments like that. And I thought, well, this isn't, this got to be a smarter way of doing this. But yeah. I mean, I know you're completely right about the vibe, <laughs> the vibe in the industry, and how much they want you to be sort of happy-go-lucky and yeah, super yeah. into it and whatever. Um, but I, I just sometimes I, I just think isn't that a way of sort of controlling the situation too, especially if you are on the receiving end of poor treatment, and you're you're basically told don't say anything because it'll backfire on you. But sure. you're the one who's been treated badly. Yeah, I don't think that's and acceptable. And if I I would I would no, have no problem like talking to people and telling them about my experiences. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to hide from that, and that I've had to work really hard. Yeah. to get the small victories I have had. Or I think it makes you more. It's more commendable. I think. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, if you just but I don't want to sound like to say, for example, like working as a backing vocalist on a TV show, and there's yeah. like these young contestants that are like, you know, bright eyed. And they're like, oh, I might get this record deal. And you're like, okay, but read the fine print, love. You know, I don't want to sound like some burnt-out backing vocalist that's like, you know, jealous of this young thing that's yeah. come out and like really optimistic. It's like, cool. I guess maybe that's what it's like to be a parent or something. You're like, good on you, but be careful, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you mean. And mm. also when you try and tell someone something directly, they definitely don't listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. like the de- it's like the best way to get them to not listen to you is yeah. to tell them directly, you should definitely like read the fine print. They're like, fuck totally. off. Totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I remember pick a path books as a kid, and do you remember those? Like, like no. to choose your own oh, choose journey. your choose your adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great. Rupert books, sort of. Yeah, but yeah, I felt like I've had, there's been quite a few of that. Like when I was in London, had some really awesome opportunities to work with people, but at the time where other things weren't going very well, and I had to decide to go back to New Zealand and right. like work with these producers or whatever. But I don't know. I've just tried to kind of get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, people are, like you're saying in America, like I emailed this producer that's worked with Lana Del Rey, Paul McCartney and Regina Spector and, and I messaged him, just cold emailed him. I found his own little blog and like find, found, found his personal email, yep. just like delving deep onto his weird thing. And I made a comment about something on, and, um, yeah, he wrote back and he was like, life songs. And then he came to my show in New York. It was on Monday at wow. midnight. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> And he came yeah. and I had a meeting with him and, you know, like I couldn't quite afford to work with him at <laughs> this stage, but I'd like to do something with him at some point. It was really encouraging that he came and, and was like, listen to my songs. And yeah. the last single I put out to him, he's like, no, I think it's good. You should put it out. I was like, okay, cool. Is <laughs> <laughs> that confirmation? Yeah. It was yeah. just someone to bounce things, ideas off. And yeah, that was cool. Like you just never know, really, just because there's going to be a jerk in New Zealand who takes you... You know, I I worked hard for those music videos. I didn't I worked didn't get funding for those ones, and yep. just because he was a dick doesn't mean that everyone's gonna be a dick. There are some exactly. great yeah men out there as well. Yeah, and there's yeah. It, it it is easy to get burnt out though, isn't it? And to mm. and to get into a, like a pretty dark place for a while, and then hopefully you can snap out of it. Yeah, yeah. I, think I think I've been I, there a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just about like what what can you learn and what. I don't know. Sometimes you're like, I couldn't have done anything differently. I couldn't have known that my publisher were going to give away my songs without telling me and then forget <laughs> that they did that once they asked them and made me sound like a dick for calling out the client themselves. And, you know, like just stuff like right. that. You're like, ah, yeah. what? Yeah. But, you know, I went to this conference. Um, I sound like a t- Tony Robbins person or something. But I went to this. <laughs> I went to this. I got on my rights back, you know. I'm like, cool. I've, I'm in charge now. Mm. And I went to a songwriting conference in Hawaii last year. And it was awesome. It wasn't pretentious it wasn't too small it wasn't too big it was like really chilled 
and got to meet some great people and I got a new licensing deal from a meeting there because I had so many, I guess, well, so many songs. I had a few albums with the songs and EPs and they wanted to sum me up and I did my homework and, you know, asked a lot of questions and yeah. it's only an 18-month contract. So, right. yeah, and so far it's been great. Yeah. And they were yeah. the ones that got me the co-rights in LA and, you know, quite quickly got a song on a show in America, which was which was cool because yeah. it showed me that they were actually working onto it. And right. They, What happened in the lead up to Melbourne? Did something kind of go wrong before Melbourne? Go wrong before Melbourne? Yeah. Ah, well, you know, actually, I was actually really annoyed about that whole. um, I hadn't actually come out about my manager at the time, but I I realised that we definitely were not right. Like, oh, so that was about that time. Yeah, it was that time. Right. Before that, then when I was in Melbourne, that article came out about how he'd been. But I was just like, okay, this guy's not coming to my shows. Yeah. If he ever does, he brings these real jerks, like misogynist guys that have no interest in music. Right. Just talking the whole time for my gigs. Um, Didn't know what kind of music I played. He he goes, I've sent off your song to an A and R place in America, and your music's come out as country. So uh, I think we should try that market. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) what? He put my machine through a computer and then from there listened to what, decided what genre I was. And what? just like, it was so weird. I was like, are you kidding? Really? Yes. Oh yeah, wow. it's come out as, I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> it's mental. Yeah. 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 Between that and like a breakup at the time, I was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Melbourne, which was somewhere I'd lived when I was eight for eight months and I hated it. I got oh, right. picked on and I was like, I'm never going to live there again. But I went back and I, yeah, overall it was a, it's, it was a good time. What did you do when you got there? Um, How do you start, like, when you go to Melbourne? I, before I went over, I had already looked at, like, agencies for musicians and signed right. up with a couple. Started to send me some gigs, like weddings mainly, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Booked booked a bunch of my own shows, um, originals gigs. I was doing, like, one every couple of weeks and quite good ones as well. Yeah. Um, you know, proper paid original shows. Wow. Paid original shows? A couple of them, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> Melbourne's got heaps of gigs where you can play, like, Two 45-minute sets and they give you a return. Like, a, sorry, a guarantee. Right. But before that, I'd gone to Australia around my album release before that. Yeah. And had made some connections with Triple R, like radio stations. and Right. Yeah, I had a PR person help me with that, which was cool. Um, yeah. And then I just started doing that. And that was 2014. Yep. How long were you there? Made for? lots of trips back because I still had gigs and functions and things to right. fly back for, got my stuff. And yep. I was there till December last year, which is 2000. And, oh, January. I was there till oh, January this year. Oh, right. Yeah, and then you went to LA. January. Right, right, right. Then I went to Banff. Oh, Banff. The Banff oh. Centre. Oh, right. So the Banff Centre was is a art centre that specialises in residencies for artists on all platforms. So yeah. visual artists, musicians, actors, dancers. And I did a two-week singer-songwriter residency uh, someone told me about it at a teaching job in Melbourne that I was doing it. They were going to do the jazz one there. And I was like, what else they got? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I did sing a songwriter residency in 2017 and I loved the place. Yeah. Um, and I want to go back for longer. So I found this five week one. That was a point where I was like, I am not earning enough money in Melbourne to, I guess for session work. I didn't have the level of session work that I was getting in New Zealand. Like, mm the jobs weren't as well paid. People go to Australia to earn money in hospital because they pay better or whatever. But for me, I was taking a step back and I thought right. I'll just, pers- you know, persevere. Um, and then I just thought, well, what else could I do instead? Cause I was there for five years. I loved it. 
most of the time. Started a few little things. Piano karaoke night that was fun. That got, you know, ended up ended up getting packed out most Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, but I was like, essentially, that's not my own stuff. And genre wise, there was a lot of Americana there, which is cool. But my own stuff. The couple of trips I had taken to America, that it had kind of been received quite well. So um, I was in a place where I had no. Um, what's the thing that you have when you have responsibility? <laughs> <laughs> I had like a I've, teaching job, but I, didn't, yeah. I didn't have anything keeping me there. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like with anyone. Or like my cat died after like twenty years, so I was like, okay, <laughs> well, fuck, what do I do now? Yeah, I've got no misty. Love my life. I've got no misty. Yeah, yeah. I remember she, you talking she about was that. Like, Go to LA, Lisa. <laughs> and so I'm gonna tell. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yep, I want to suss that out. And so part of that last trip where I went to the Hawaii thing was was part of that and. Met some great people, and that's yeah. What I'm in the process of doing is applying for my artist visa there. Right. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Do you have any any idea how difficult it might be or easy it might be to get? Well, I paid point? my final invoice yesterday. Right. Which they sent me without telling me what the outcome was of my visa. <laughs> so I'm like, am I going? Um, I feel like it could be. It's harder than ever. Well, they know it's harder than ever. Mm-hmm. But they said that my chances seemed pretty good. Cool. But I don't have enough money to go. So my plan was I'll go once the show's finished, but just because I was there for so long, not earning money and setting up contacts and yeah. and things, um, I don't have enough to go yet. So right. I will figure out what to do. I'd love to make another album. I've got enough songs from doing the Banff residency. Yeah. Um, so if anyone's in like creative like strife or anything, I highly recommend, and they have a bit of money to get to somewhere, um, the Banff Centre is like a great place with so many resources to just work on your music in the snow and depending on the season. But <laughs> In the snow? <laughs> well, I was in a hut in the snow, yeah. Right. Yeah. It was That's like, kind of cool. I was living in Narnia with that. Yeah, I actually was. <laughs> and the most incredible, like you want a timpani, they'll bring you a timpani into this little hut in the snow. Really? You need, marim- you need marimba, we get your marimba. This is like a, is this where you're staying as well? Or is this uh, like it's like a, 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 it's a big thing. campus. Right. So everyone has their own artist hut. Right. Then there's like bigger music buildings and there's a huge recording studio. But I mean, are you sleeping in the hut or is this like no, a No, there's like hotel accommodation, there's right. a bar, there's a gym. Right. Um, so yeah, it was cool. I loved it there. Yeah. Um, and it allowed me to have that space to start writing again. Right. Enough material for almost for another album. And yeah. Cool. Then I went to do co-writing in LA and now I'm just trying to piece it all together and figure out what's next. And how did the once, you know, opportunity come up, especially given that you weren't here? I saw my friend Alistair put it on his Facebook page yeah. and I immediately, it was like, I want to audition for that because uh, I've loved the music and I've seen the musical. Is he involved? No. No, he just <laughs> shared it. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Um, and yeah, I knew the director sort of from school, not like very well, but, yeah. um, and I put together a video audition and I went hardcore <laughs> <laughs> for my video. I was like so worried about it, but, uh. And that was a complete waste of time. Not complete waste of time. <laughs> well, you got the job, so well, kind of yeah, but not yeah. from the video. He wasn't sure about the video, but oh. that was like November, and then it got to January, and I'm like, "That's rude." I didn't even hear a no thanks, <laughs> which I'd expect from like LA or somewhere. But right. I was like, "This is New Zealand." Not something you know, this is New Zealand, but I was, you know, I'd emailed him and being like, "Yo, hi," and then yeah. we'd corresponded quite a bit, so I expected a no. Or just to announce who got it. Right. And I was having a day. I also went to a funding workshop in Banff. And I was like, why didn't I get funding to go to Banff? I was real bummed. And I was just having one of those days where I'm like, 
I'm going to follow up on everything that I didn't get and ask why. (laughs) (laughs) You know, some days you have that energy to do stuff like that and other days you don't. And I was a bit, not pissed off, but I was like, hmm, feedback would be good, even though I don't really want to hear bad things about me. Right. Um, I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. So I emailed the director and he called me straight back on good Wi-Fi and BAP, even though I'm in minus 31 degree snow. And um, goes, oh, actually, um, we haven't actually cast that part yet. So I wasn't sure about your video. It's really hard to tell. What was on the video? Did you sing songs from the movie? A song, a piano song from the show. Yeah. A poem. Yeah. Spoken in Czech language. Mm-hmm. And something else. Why did, why did you choose the poem? Are you just sort of trying to show range? Like, I don't know how you approach a video audition. I've never done it. I don't know. He just asked us to do a poem. Oh, he asked for that. Oh, I see. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Oh, so they give you an outline of what you need to put on the oh, video. Oh, yeah. I had to learn this oh. piano piece, which I spent ages learning this Mendelssohn right. piano, classical piano piece. Is that pretty common these days, do you think? I've never know. heard of that before. What? Not Zoom, that I, yeah. Well, yeah, I know that video auditions have been a thing for ages, but mm. I, I wasn't sure if they give you outlines of what they want on those auditions. Oh, usually. I mean, I've only done video auditions if it's like a script for a yeah. auditioning for a movie or something. But Right. Um, so you do a self-tape, but this was... Yeah, they, they told us what to do. It's just for the people that couldn't be there. And I even thought when I didn't hear anything about just flying over anyway, but I didn't have the money to do that. Yeah. I thought, oh, well, if they're not going to write to me and just say. So I just assumed it was a no. And there. So I'm glad I followed up. If I hadn't been like, yo. And he said, oh, I was just randomly you just came into my head and then you just emailed. And so, yeah, just the timing was what good. And then I quickly got out of my bed and got my friend. I met at Banff to read the guy's part in this little cabin and sight read the other songs from the musical and um, he auditioned a few more people, so I was on hold for a while. Yeah. And then, yeah, called me back and said he got, I got the role. So Brilliant. that was good because I knew that for being in America, I could only stay up to three months. So yep. I needed to go somewhere and I'd sold my car do. in Melbourne. I'd sold everything <laughs> apart from what a few bits and pieces there, but um, pretty much everything was sold so I could do this trip. Right. So I had a purpose and after. Is there quite a lot in the once show that you've had to very quickly upskill? To get ready for? Upskill? Like, uh, no, yeah, it's not- quite jammy. Like, it's it's such great music. And because I kind of went off musicals, sort of, like I the whole really, like, hardcore musical theatre mm. vibe, I wasn't really that into. I don't know if it was just because it didn't, didn't work out for me, but I just, I don't know. But the music from Once, I loved. Well, obviously, you're going to, you know, your strength will be the music, but what about the the other stuff? Like, you know, the... Being in the right place on the stage, hitting your mark. Sure, you know, yeah. And all that stuff. Well, I mean, now I'm thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> now I've put it in your head. Yeah. Yeah. The lines. There's a lot of lines to learn. Right. Yeah, I can't remember how much dialogue there is in the movie. Is it pretty much the movie? Um, or have they it's written adapted. More? Adapted. A little bit different. Yeah. Some some smiller, similarities. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk. Yeah. <laughs> Very well. Yeah. You I should be on stage. Trying to be like doing this practice, practicing the lines um, while doing the accent. Just now my normal talking is a little bit yeah. broken up. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've never tried to memorize lines, so I don't know if I'd find it easy or not. Mm. Like, do, do you feel like, is that something that came naturally to uh, you? No. <laughs> so, Melodies I can remember yeah. quite quickly and write down. And lyrics? No, not so much. Yeah, I suck at lyrics. Yeah. From in front of me, I'm fine. But yeah, yeah it's not as natural to me as melodies and music. Um, I think there's too many songs on my head. Once I know something, I'll know it for a long time. Right. But learning it, ooh, yeah. So been been going over that quite a bit. So how do you learn lines? You literally just run them over and over again or are there other strategies? Yeah, and then also recording the other person. If there is another person, yep. recording their parts. So you can practice There's a few it. apps as well to help 
things like that. Do you find yourself trying to remember the lyrics the same way you remember music? Like remembering vowel shapes and rhythms and... No, I'm just like, let's just try and get through this. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember vowel shapes? No, I'm not. Yeah, I do. I really? remember. I remember... I remember lyrics that way sometimes. I remember the shape of the vowels and the rhythm of the words, and that sometimes gets me to remember what the words were. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was that profound, personally. Uh. I thought it was just like hearing, I don't know, like learning a guitar lick or something, and it's got a right. p- particular shape to it. Hmm. No, but it's 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 so fun because, you know, going back to that real wanting to do that musical theatre thing, it's sort of like I get to do that, but in our own way because right. we're quite the songs are there and they have to be played a certain way, but we've also got a lot of, we can do it out. He just, it doesn't have to be like anyone else's way. Right. We're doing our own version of the show rather than adaption of the New York version or something. It's quite mm. interesting though, that we were talking a bit about you being uh, apprehensive at times or having anxiety at times or, or feeling out of depth at times or whatever, but you seem to have been always really proactive and throwing yourself in the deep end. And Ugh, I know, you know, well, uh, I know. No, I've just <laughs> yeah, been like, I no, it's just like, why do I do that sometimes? Like, <laughs> Things I did national anthems and just like for a while and the the torture that would go on for weeks beforehand. Yeah. Physical symptoms of just anxiety, like my skin breaking out just from nerves and like just not being able to sleep and obsessing over. To be fair, I have fucked up so many national anthems. (laughs) I'm just like every time I'm like, yeah, I'll say yes to the next one because I'm not going to let that last experience win. (laughs) Right. And then I'm like, okay. So the last national anthem I did. I was in Sydney for singing God Save the Queen and I didn't have a lot of stuff with me. So I bought this nice dress and I bought these nice shoes, you know, like kind of like you go on the ball or something. Yeah. Got to go on the field and sing. And and then I get there and I've only got my Chuck Taylors in these like very, very high heels and this dress and I'm on my own. But the other girl is like was on some X Factor show and had this whole team around her getting her ready and stuff. Right. Yeah. And I was like the poor cousin. <laughs> I was like Bridget Jones. Um and then I get my shoes and I do sound check without that. And they put my go to get ready, you know, right before it starts. My shoes are like two right feet and one shoe is like two sizes too big. <laughs> and then the girl's right. like, oh, that's a, that's a shame. Oh, my feet are too small for you. Otherwise you can use my spare pair. And I was like, ugh. And so, so I waddled on to the field with two right feet. And I was like, oh, no can we way. just walk, to walk on together slowly? And I was like, can we just walk on together just slowly? And she's like, yeah, fine. She just like walks really fast. <laughs> and it really took the focus off worrying about the actual note that I was worried about, the higher yeah. note that I was like obsessing about or the words and things like that. Like I was just like, oh my God, yeah. It was awful. I was not very happy with that shop, as you can imagine. There's one of those things that's always been a mystery to me, as you know, it always seems to happen that you have to sing the national, or people have to sing the national anthem and they're not allowed to have any notes or anything. And they get crucified if they forget the words or make a mistake oh. or something. And I just think, at this stage, why does anyone agree to do it? I know the money's good. I know someone else who's who's done quite a few of them. Yeah. But what are you thinking? Jason. <laughs> hey. Jason? No. Did Jason no. do it? Jason, curious. Yeah, I had another bad experience where um, they, I never used in in my life. Right. And I used to be like, got these in things. It's like, oh, cool. And um, it's for a netball game. Yeah. And then I was seeing the Australian one. I was like, oh, Indians are great. And then I, they're like, go out when the actual time comes. And I go out and they're not switched on. Right. And I just panicked and I didn't take them out. I just like guessed what I was doing. But yeah. I was so like <laughs> yeah. deer in headlights sort of thing. Because I was like, is the track started? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I used to play guitar a little bit for Lizzie Marvelly. Oh, yeah. And, um, she, so she did lots of them. She oh, she would have got good money. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. Really <laughs> I was too scared to like. You didn't get Lizzie money. I didn't ask. Like I just, just 
I was not very good with that sort of thing. Right. That's yeah. a whole other topic is like being <laughs> assertive with money. But Yeah, that's a whole other skill. Yeah. But yeah, she she said there was a time where she went out and the monitors didn't work or something and it all started and she was trying to hear the music around <sighs> the stadium, around the income speakers or something and everyone's pointing at her like, what are you doing? Hurry up, you know? And, and it was all live and um, I think she got slammed pretty bad in the media the next day. Um, and I'm just like, that's completely unfair. The monitors I weren't know. working, you know? How was that her fault? But do you think that, you know, that... that disconnection or not disconnection but that what some might say is a contradiction of being worried about things but also throwing yourself in the deep end all the time which i think is brilliant by the way is that a calculated thing is that like you going i'm going to overcome I'm trying to overcome yeah is it that stuff. or is it more like a compulsion to constantly get into things no it's more trying to like not let the bad thoughts win right which is cool it's awesome um yeah <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem on board with no that. it is it is good um, um yeah no there's just nothing I'd, i know for me my alternative would be kind of just calling it quits and then maybe i'd find another, something else i really enjoyed yeah but i feel like i've still got better songs to write i i take take like comfort in the fact that the songs that i'm writing now are better than the ones i wrote when i started right and that there's something good happening yeah <laughs> But I've had to, yeah, like leaving Melbourne was for me taking a step saying, actually, I'm not okay with being paid like not very good money for the, this kind of work yeah. because I'm doing too much of that work and I'm not doing any of the stuff I wanted to do. Right. Yeah. So I've just kind of, yeah, singing other people's songs, jingles or whatever. Like mm. I would rather be writing that because even though I don't want to necessarily be doing that, the money would be better writing it rather than just singing yeah, getting an hour's and an hour pay in the studio is different to owning part of the song. Yeah, that's exactly. what you're saying, right? Yeah, and just yeah. just for more what I feel like I can bring to the table. Yeah. yeah, I used to think that you had to decide to either quit music or stay in music. You know, like when are you mm. going to quit? I think when I was much younger, I'd say like when I th when I'm thirty, I'll quit for some reason. I don't know mm. why I said that, <laughs> but <laughs> but but then I realised that you don't have to quit. Because there's so many factors, there's so many moving parts. You're always involved in so many things. You mm -hmm. can quit an area. I don't want to do that anymore, yeah. which I've done a number of times. Don't want to do those types of gigs or whatever. Yep. Um, but there's so many different things going on that you just you can just sort of follow your nose. And I, I tend to just follow my curiosity these days. Yes. But we start our careers in music as kids, you know, and we kind of yeah. we, we, we become adults while we're doing it. So it's like that's something I've thought about a lot. It's not like you go somewhere and train. True. You know, and then you finally get to the point where you're ready yeah, and you've I'm got good now. mental. Yeah, now I'm 26 <laughs> and I'm ready to go, you know. It's not like that. You you work it out as you go. And it's really hard going from, like, not getting paid and some, and, and sometimes being treated pretty badly to know exactly where to draw the lines. Like, when is the right time to say, fuck off, you know, and, yeah. and potentially lose the gig, but it's, it's the right thing to do or whatever, you know. And musicians get treated badly quite a lot in quite a lot of ways. Mm. And so trying to figure out how to assemble a professional life and go, this is my this is my line. I'm not prepared to cross that line. Totally. And whatever it might be. Yeah. It's so hard to do that. And there's no consistency in the industry. So every time you draw a line, there's some fucker who always goes, well, the other band didn't say that. Yeah, or people undercutting people these days. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. oh, they're doing it for 150. Yeah. You're like, well, good on them. But, you know, but then you miss out on that. Uh, yeah. 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 Having some standards is is important absolutely yeah all right well um did we cover everything yes we could talk about the musical again if you want to plug it no that's fine that's okay right i'm happy i'm looking forward to the musical it'll be great yep um and then yeah 
Cool. To be continued. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Lisa, for agreeing to do this show. And we know that you're very busy and you were able to fit it into your schedule. So that's awesome. <laughs> I like it how you say that. Agreeing to do the show as if we had to twist her arm. <laughs> well, <laughs> to be in the same room with you for an hour and a half. I know. It's a, it's a trial, that's for sure. <laughs> and thank you to our sponsors and, and our listeners, of course. As always, tune in and comment and share and all the rest of it. Yeah, awesome. All right, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Cool. find what we're doing useful and you like this podcast please do like share and subscribe and give us a review on itunes